and welcome to the very first Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. On the show, we're going to be hearing from Sarah Dennison, friend of Womanthology and critical care nurse who changed career to follow her passion for cooking after being a finalist on MasterChef. She recently returned to nursing to join the front line of the COVID-19 battle and she shares her very personal story with us. Hi, my name is Sarah Dantin. I'm a critical care nurse uh, that trained in Italy and came to the UK in 1994. Um, worked in York for over and, and leads for over 18 years until one day after a day of teaching at York University, uh, some of my health science courses, I decided to give uh, the NHS a break and apply for MasterChef. Uh, fast forwarding the whole thing, I um, made it to the final three on the program, uh, which, by the way, I had never watched before. I didn't know it existed. And I had such an opportunity to give, give my career a break. So I became a chef consultant. I opened a supper club in the center of York, a little gem that has now fed over 12,000 people. I became uh, a tutor, a chef tutor. I've been teaching in a variety of cooking schools throughout the country. And together with my private dining and um, being also um, the recipe developer for a pasta company in Italy uh, and being uh, an ambassador for Aga, um, my life was complete. Uh, that's what I thought. This went on for seven years, and then for some sad family circumstances, I was exposed to the NHS life and camaraderie for uh, over a year, and that made me think of coming back to nursing. So I retrained as a nurse, and funny enough, I found myself a frontline um, nurse um, in a COVID hospital. I didn't really have the chance of thinking about this and if I want to do it or not do it. I was just, I have to um, help the people and the patients. And, and so um, I worked uh, in a variety of settings in the NHS from intensive care to acute medicine. And um, it was fast. It was all happening very quickly, um, adjusting with PPEs, adjusting with protocols um, uh, of care. And it was a very stressful three months that I endured. But um, nurses get on with it and we tend to uh, just work really hard. From the, the safety at home kind of point of view, um, I uh, was very lucky that my husband that was working from home looked after not just my my well-being in terms of psychology, um, always very supportive, always very kind and very patient with the days that I was really nervous and really stressed out and really scared. Uh, but it's also fed me. Uh, every night I would just come back from work, straight into a shower and and back and sitting down for a lovely meal. And that I think is what kept me going for all these months. Whilst working, the environment is surreal. 
You had to do donning and duffing, PPEs, very hot, visors, specs, double gloves, tape around your wrists, uh, shoe covers, two or three pennies, one on top of the other, difficult communication with your colleagues, difficult communication with your patients, dehydration comes to mind, and just exhaustion uh, all around. I strongly believe that if I had to do it, I would do it again, uh, because that's what nurses do. And I'm very, very proud that I was part of um, this pandemic that we never really envisage. And that's what the lesson is, that uh, we never know what, what's around the corner and we need to be on the guards and, and overall try to be kind uh, with one another, not just during pandemics, <laughs> and uh, to respect, especially now with all this social distancing and it's, it's a big change for humanity. What we need to take stock of is that um, the, the, the world is, has become a different, different place altogether. Maybe we don't need to cram into offices anymore, uh, but what we need to do is to pay attention to what this planet is telling us in terms of the food chain, uh, in terms of pollution, in terms of respect and connection with other humans. So yeah, and what's for the future? I would say I got a job, a permanent job uh, in intensive care and my supper club will continue uh, with all the uh, safety measures in place from September and with the social distancing I'll be able to do some private cookery lessons as well as uh, resuming some of the uh, cooking lesson in other schools and overall uh, I consider myself a very lucky girl because it's a happy story all around because I look after the sick and try to make them better and support the families as well as feeding the general public with some good food and healthy food. The other thing was my biggest concern with this pandemic is that the majority of the key workers are female and there seems to be a disproportionate amount of uh, staff, female staff that are frontline risking their lives for very low salaries so uh, that we must keep that awareness we need to be aware that ladies work frontline either you're a cleaner or a nurse or a technician we leave children at home we leave partners at home to be exposed to such a dangerous Virus. We need to not allow this gap, uh, this gender gap, to widen, and we need to fight for better rights for women at work. Before lockdown, I also met with Erska Tichar from Paper Studio, who shares her career journey and passion for supporting women in digital. Erska, lovely to see you. Please, could you tell us about your career today and what made you want to work in design and digital experience? Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, so I started as an interior designer and I started in Scotland, well, I started in Slovenia where I originally come from, um, but I did an Erasmus exchange 
in Scotland that should last for around six months and it never ended. <laughs> uh, I really fell in love with the, the way they taught um, the program in Scotland uh, because they use, like, you have to find a problem and based on that problem, create a spatial solution and it really appealed for me to kind of uh, not just create a beautiful space but actually think about how people are going to use it and how I can help them with something. And so I transferred, graduated in Scotland and got a job in London and I thought I'm going to be career best for, uh, see I'm not even this <laughs> my best life in London uh, which hasn't happened uh, London is a lovely thing to be but it was just not clicking with me and um, I've worked um, for airports mostly um, digital advertising so placement of advertising in airports and it was interesting to think about what's the best position and what will get the most traction but it wasn't appealing to me towards problem solving as much as I wanted, so I felt like I, I just can't do that for the rest of my life and I was a bit of in the slump, didn't know exactly what I want to do with my life and um, luckily my friend studied uh, in Manchester, uh, in Hyper Island and I visited them and fell in love with this crazy space and uh, just the energy that they had. So I decided I'm going to do a master's as well and I uh, haven't told my parents until I got in. That was quite quite interesting. Luckily, they're the best parents in the world and they're really supportive. Thank you, mom and dad. And uh, so I quit my job in London and moved to up north to Manchester where I studied at Hyper Island in digital experience design. And, um, I didn't realize before when I studied in Scotland that all of these tools, like I had them with me, they just didn't have a name and I kind of like now had an opportunity to attach the names to those tools and of course explore more digital environments. Um, when I finished my study, when I was writing my thesis, I started looking for a new job and I came across paper and um, it was quite a journey because I thought they were based in Stockport. <laughs> which they're not because we're in Sheffield uh, but to this day the best mistake I ever did and they hired me and I'm with them for last two years now yes it's been two years but uh, when it comes to digital like personally I would never assume that I would be working in digital I think it's still quite a weird word for me because uh, it is a space that we predominantly work in but it's not the space that we would specifically connect with us because we base all of our designs and all the all that we do here on the evidence when we interact when we speak with uh, people that are actually going to use the services and products and if people who are using the services and product show the sign that they need for a digital solution we will produce a digital solution but it's not our main goal it's what people are saying, what are what are their needs that informs us if we actually go into digital. So it's interesting. I think it's like quite a buzzword working in digital and I, I like it, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's still kind of interesting for me to think I myself work in digital and that I am allowed to say yes, I work in digital. You were the first female staff member at Paper Studio. Why was building a gender balanced team vital to the company? Well, we are lucky, uh, well, I assume 
I'm lucky uh, that our founders are really self-aware and really lovely people. Uh, they have not paid me to say that, I promise. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, I think that they're really self-aware. They are three lads that could be proper lads, but they are really, really kind and really thoughtful people who just understand what is needed in society. Uh, so I think that was a priority for them that when they were looking for a job or for someone to um, come and work for paper. Uh, for example, I know that they, uh, when they first received responses back, applications for a job, and they realized it was only men who applied. They uh, questioned their job application and they spoke to people and tried to reframe it so they would get more gender balance and they did. <laughs> so I think that it's always been a core part of their understanding and building up this company to be gender balanced and to be self-aware and to question yourself and then assess that bring things in the company that will reach diversity and to make this in the safe space as it is. Why is gender balance so important in tech and beyond? Because we're in the 21st century and we should stop even questioning the gender balance between two genders and actually start accepting that it's more than two genders in generally. Um, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite frustrated with that to be honest because um, it's just something that I feel like as a woman, as someone who is lucky that society accepts me as a gender that they define me as, um, it's quite frustrating to see that just because I was born as a woman, I don't have the same uh, opportunities or same option as someone who is born as a man. It's, or even like, but I'm at least lucky because I consider myself okay with what society defines me as a woman. Like we have so many other genders, like transgender, non-binary people. So it's just <sighs> frustrating because it is important because the diversity and equality is what, at least what I see in uh, my work, is what brings equality. And I think that it can reflect outside of society. The more diverse society is, the more diverse the thinking is behind, more we manage to bring the good in life for different people. If we only build systems, if we only build services for one type of people, as we are, we did, we did, for men, it just just pushes so many other people behind and we can't afford that and it also I think it creates quite a bit of a problem as you can see <laughs> and I think that it's we can definitely see like when there is a different way of leading things or this different way of thinking how that really really tracks with good outputs and good outcomes so yeah, we just need to stop that. I know it's hard, but it's just really frustrating that we still are fighting that. Um, but as I said, I have hope because um, in a company that I'm working, we're quite on top of that. And as well as um, like calling people out or just like being a bit aware or like position yourself into teams that might not have the diversity and trying to bring that in 
these small steps, but they're important and we need to keep on pushing to reach where we want to reach, which is equality and diversity. <laughs> So you recently worked on a programme called Innovate Her. Could you tell us a bit more about this and why it's so important? Yes, uh, so Innovate Her is an organisation that started in Liverpool. And what they do is uh, they bring along a technical, not technical, digital experts and position them in schools for eight weeks. So once a week you go in school and you teach a group of girls, it's mostly girls but not excluded. Uh, And basically we go through a a project. So they go through a project as we would in our work environment. I sign up for it and I become one of the mentors. So for eight weeks I was mentoring girls in school, which was really, amazing and it's so important because you can see the perception of working in digital is predominantly working as a developer which is not true we need lots of different people in digital we need tech people we need people who are more um, want to interact with people like social aspects of um, products and services that we are developing so it's a mix of that and i think that perception is not in building schools and it's probably because um, schools don't really interact with our digital world as in professionally, so they don't have an awareness what actually combines the digital world. Because we were really surprised how teacher were also really impressed with what we did. I don't think the teacher expected that uh, we would be coding or we would be actually doing wireframing. So when I love that moment when a teacher come and check on us, and I just told them, yeah, yeah, they're wireframing, they're developing an app, and they were like, oh. Okay, yes, they are. And at the same time, when you see girls like saying, thinking, wait, this is how my favorite apps were built. Yeah, you can do this. This is exactly what they had to do to get to the app that you're using. So just see that spark and see that desire starting to grow. It's it's, it's really, really fulfilling. And it was an amazing experience. What's coming up next for you in Paper Studio? What are you excited about? Personally, I need to specialize in something, so I feel like I'm still floating around in this lovely sea of design and I'll enjoy it, but uh, design is has lots of different drawers that you can open and sometimes we need to have, well that's what is great about design is the fact that we kind of have those drawers of different tools and things and the way we use it and in what way we use it is what defined us and I feel like I need to find what is what I'm defining as. Uh, so currently for me, for next year, I'm going to try to focus on service design because I naturally start mapping things out and see the user journeys, how the people interact, where where are the different layers of interaction, who is involved, how, where the ups and downs and where the pain points that need to focus in order to, to solve the problems or to um, get to the needs of users and I'm I kind of just naturally am drawn to that so I'm going to try to do more of that to kind of specialize my, myself into this waste ocean of design. Uh, waste ocean? No, just an ocean. Uh, so, but when it comes to projects, um, we're coming back to one of my favorite projects which is called um, High Futures. 
uh, high future. High future. I always said high futures for some reason. High future, which is a project uh, that helps people who have experienced homelessness get back to, into sustainable work environment. And we did. Uh, we we did. A, we started user research about that um, at the beginning of this year, and now we're gonna try to map out the first thing that uh, we want to focus on and develop something that can start the project. And it's really nice because we're working with um, the businesses, we're working with people who have experienced homelessness, we're working with charities, um, social workers that are supporting them to kind of uh, glue all of that together to create this uh, momentum and uh, possibilities for people who have experienced homelessness and to get back into the sustainable work environment and support them with that, support companies as well as people who have experienced homelessness to kind of go along on that journey and reach the goal of like having an amazing employee as well as having a job that you are happy in and know that you're supported and know that if you have a down day you can take that day for yourself so it's a really fulfilling project and it, one of those projects that makes me really happy um, to be where I am and to solve different problems and think about how you can improve the world which is something that's really driven for me. Uh, we, as a company we are still working on projects for government so we have still projects with the Department of Education but we also are branching out to Leeds. Uh, we're going to work with the Leeds City Council so it's quite exciting. It's, it's really exciting and um, so I feel like this year, at least at the end of the year, I found uh, that I'm enjoying finding the projects or mostly like assessing what we can do next or what project is appropriate for us to do and uh, thinking about the teams, thinking how we can do it, writing the beats. Uh, I got a bit of a book for that at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's... it's um, interesting and I feel like I like to learn something new or I like to evolve myself. I almost feel it like it's like a Mario game when you level up and go through those mushrooms I am really not into gaming so <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's an example I always use but then I realize that I'm actually not into gaming so when I'm trying to explain it it's a bit, it can get weird. Uh, but yeah so I think it's uh, going to be an interesting year and I'm really excited and excited about exploring service design as well as exciting about helping paper to find a project that we can work on next. Oscar, pleasure speaking with you as ever. We look forward to catching up with you soon. You take care. So that's all for this episode. It's gone so fast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media, subscribe, your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. That's all for now, but join us for the next episode where we'll be considering what next for gender balance in a post-COVID-19 world where gender pay gap reporting is on hold in the UK. How will we prevent backsliding of progress? For now, take care and stay safe. <laughs>